0: He won Journalist of the Year from the American Conservative Union at CPAC 2015. You
1: like me right now. You like
0: me. He's Jim Garrity. How do you like me now, now that I'm on my way? She's a broadcast professional who's got pop culture by the throat and she won't let go. Crank up the radio. Run for your lives, everyone. This is not a drill. She's broadcast pro Mickey White. How do you like me now? This is the Jim and Mickey Show.
1: You know Dasher and Dancer and Prancer and Vixen. Welcome
2: to the Jim and Mickey Show, brought to you this week by the State Department's travel advisories. At this point, listen. the United States government is warning all of its citizens to stay away from the location of Christmastown this holiday season.
3: Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer
2: We have identified the fact that Santa, as depicted in the Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer Christmas special, sends away toys that do not live up to his standards. Uh, The residence of the island of Misfit Toys is considered safe for American travels, although note that King Moonraker does have effective border security in the form of the the Jack-in-the-Box. Until the Santa regime is toppled from the frozen tundra of Christmastown, it remains a dangerous place in which lifestyle regimentation and banning of dentists can contribute to serious dental problems among the entire population. <laughs> Please be aware of this as you consider your holiday travel plans. I am Jim Garrity, joined by Mickey White, and welcome to the first Christmas season episode <laughs> of The Jim and Mickey Show. Mickey, I'm, I'm a little cranky today. Today? Today? <laughs> ah. <laughs> And this would be
3: a day ending in why, or is it because Rudolph <laughs> ran again last night?
2: It was on last night, and I appreciated you sharing with everyone my, my rant against the uh, the fascistic Nazi style of Santa.
0: And I, would be, I believe that would you called be, uh, him
3: Santa Nazi.
0: Would be Adolf the red Nose Reindeer.
3: <laughs> exactly. Um, I enjoyed <laughs> listening to, to your rant again on. myself. I, as it came on and I started to see Rudolph was trending, I immediately thought of, well, you, and then immediately of uh, Santa Nazi.
2: There you go. And, you know, that all that red all of a sudden looks very different. So. Creepy anyway. show. Creepy.
3: Yes, and, oh. of course, I w- it was interesting watching people watch it and um, on Twitter and other things. I was actually watching another show entirely um, and seeing some of the same observations that you have made. So you're not alone. Clearly, there are others who have questions as adults um, that they didn't have as children.
2: Uh, Did anyone ask why Yukon Cornelius never fires a gun? (laughs) No, (laughs) you you are still
3: the only one to ask that. However, what a perfect segue um, into our guest this week because we have with us Jim's best friend, his co-author, and host of NRA News, Cam Edwards. Cam, thanks so much for joining us.
4: It is my pleasure. I was—I really had to bite my tongue not to contribute early uh, because I have a theory I'm working on, Jim. I think Santa is actually the man in the high castle. Ah! <laughs> this would explain a lot.
2: You know, you would... He'd have the magic ability to make the news reels. He's all about right. delivering gifts, right?
4: Mm. Castle, North Pole, right? Oh.
2: It's a metaphor. There we go. Mm-hmm. I, like, I like that, Cam. So uh, Cam, does it feel, you know, strange after having Regnery on this marathon pace of book <laughs> <laughs> interviews? Where I'm fairly certain like we were booked to like two different, you know, radio stations at the exact same time. <laughs> um, so the all the, things have slowed. And I don't know whether that's a good sign or a bad sign.
4: You know, I think it's just a, a normal sign. The book came out now over a month ago, uh, and the uh, the the virtual book tour I think has been pretty steady. And we do have uh, more interviews scheduled for the next uh, week or so. And I imagine, yeah, you know, I'd like to see it stay steady through Christmas. That would be that'd be ideal. But uh, uh, yeah, it is definitely the the first week. Or two uh, has passed, and now it is a book uh, that is is out there, and you know, hopefully, it's a book that uh, people will read and pass on to the precious snowflakes. I have this vision of of this book being gifted anonymously
1: uh, to a lot of
4: <laughs> precious snowflakes this Christmas season. Like, oh look, Billy, Santa left you something, right? And <laughs> what's this? I think Santa wants you to grow up, Billy. Maybe you should read the book. Um,
0: Billy's twenty two now. That-
3: Sorry. I think that's something that I've actually seen um, some anonymous gifting and some not so anonymous gifting. I do think uh, for those of you who have not read the book, we haven't even said the title yet, boys. It is heavy lifting and um, it is a great book in the sense that you're encouraging people to grow up and still have a good time. Absolutely. And I think that for the people who have, you know, the kids living in the basement or, you know, the grandkids living in the basement, whatever the case may be, I think that they may be just, you know, full on gifts like here. This is all you're getting this year. You read this. And when this is over, then you can get some other
4: presents. I I hope that that is the case. Uh, and A little bit of coal in their stocking. Um, You know, this is it, it is a book that celebrates uh, growing up, and I realize you know we live in an outrage culture and and this is not a book that uh, uh that chides the snowflakes uh and you know and, and calls them all kinds of names I don 't call them snowflakes right now, but um it's a positive book i mean it's a book that really just you know celebrates uh the the lifestyle choices that that both Jim and myself have made right yeah. and and these are valid lifestyle choices to identify as a husband and as a father. Uh, and as a just a, a guy uh, as a man um that 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 's a valid lifestyle choice in two thousand and
2: fifteen yeah. cam are any of the negative responses surprising you, it, you know, I think Mickey puts it well. we tried to write very positive and cheery about the upside of growing up but um I have this this sense in some of the you know Twitter interactions and one or two of those one star reviews on amazon that I, <laughs> I, do I think some those. people nerve it, it with some folks
4: you uh you you got it. Both barrels from some jerk. Uh, I on Twitter I saw the Shocking. other day, and and I was engaged with this a little bit. Um, yeah, guys who were saying, "Well, I don't, you know, listen, this, this is stupid. I don't want to get married. I don't want to have kids." Okay, okay, but I'm not quite sure why you're so defensive about it. You, you know, I mean, uh, somebody somebody kept telling me that that the phrase "man up," which by the way is not in the title of the book. <laughs> Um, but the, the, this well, this, this offensive be. phrase had caused men to kill themselves <laughs> uh, and so that uh, because this phrase man up was, uh, again, not in the title of the book but he apparently thought that it was, uh, he would not read it. He found it offensive. He, I mean honestly, he was acting very snowflakey. You know, oh, the way really, I see this, really
0: was. the way I see this, I've been, I'm 55 years old and I've been seeing this trend towards snowflakeism all my life. And I'm not at all surprised that after 50 years of this, you guys get actual, sincere, hardworking pushback for these ideas. I'm not surprised.
2: I'm happy with this conversation. Already having created the term "snowflakeism," <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, 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 it describes. It, it's really more of a philosophy. It's it's a self. They self-identify as snowflakes and stuff. Uh, I also no like.
3: No one is alike. <laughs> they are also uh, unique, and the thing about it is, is that, again, going back to some of the lessons and things that you've learned. Um, just coming off of the holidays, I, I we are going to be talking about Christmas throughout, and we have kind of gotten to the point where. Christmas is on, boys. It's, it's not a situation of, like, you can wait any longer. The countdown signs are now down in the 20s. The panic starts to set in, the anxiety, et cetera. Um, just coming off of Thanksgiving, does it feel a little soon this year?
4: Okay, well, first of all, I have to say, I don't know what you're talking about. I mean, it's not December 23rd yet. My panic and anxiety does not set in until (laughs) the day before Christmas Eve, and I'm thinking, oh, I need to go get presents. So I'm still blissfully happy. I'm still recovering from all of the uh, turkey and stuffing.
3: Okay, and and, and was it a good experience for you, the the turkey and stuffing? Are you ready to see the family (laughs) again come Christmas?
4: Well, keep in mind, we did not have a big Thanksgiving dinner. So we had you know, the three kids who were at home, my wife and I, Our oldest son uh, came home from uh, Southwestern Virginia um, for the day, but that was it. So, yeah, I'm ready to see everybody again because at Christmas, uh, my son's coming home again. His girlfriend is spending Christmas with us. My daughter's not going to be able to join us again, but um, we're going to have. I like seeing kids. You know, like we don't have. 20 people invade my house. It's very reasonable. There are people that I enjoy spending time with. Yeah, so, they are people yeah, you I'm, like. Exactly.
3: Wait a minute. You spend the holidays with people you like?
4: I know. I'm I'm so weird.
3: <laughs> you are such a strange person. And what about you, Jim?
2: I was going to say, observe that the Edwards uh, home has considerable border security. Um, that, that if the unwanted relatives, they can't make it all the way down the driveway for starters. All right. We've got, we've got a quick sideline. And before you go any, I'll let you go any further, and you say, "Oh, you didn't do much of a, of a Thanksgiving." Uh, your lovely wife, according to Facebook, I saw at least three really good pies or cakes or something like that. Oh, okay,
4: me. okay, we didn't have a lot of people. Okay. We had a lot of food. In fact, we had six people at the table. My wife made five pies.
2: <laughs> so someone perfect. got shortchanged
4: from I mean, having right exactly. Where's my fixed. pie?
2: Uh, no, I, I had a good Thanksgiving uh, getaway, and here's the thing. Maybe, this, maybe one of the reasons uh, certain heavy-lifting readers were a little touchy about this is that Thanksgiving is when you get together and you see all of your relatives and, and the full range of them, the ones who are doing very well in life. The ones who are perhaps not doing quite so well in life, and you may encounter. Um, you know, there was all the Vox warnings of how to how to deal with your horrible Obamacare skeptical uncles and stuff like that. Look, maybe your uncle is also maybe a little skeptical of your you know lifestyle of your snowflakeish lifestyle. <laughs> you know, remember we were all supposed to wear our footsie pajamas with Pajama Boy and talk about health insurance premiums or something and like gun that. Gun control, gun and gun, control. gun yeah. control. You know, um, I mean, like, I, I have been tweeting out images of that guy. Uh, and basically saying we all know what he needs this this year for christmas and uh the, that kind of that's that's the, a perfectly good embodiment of uh, what we're saying hey you know it's okay to be this at 21 22 do you really want to be this when you're 30 do you want to you know uh this I think you need this- to
3: raise that second letter like well, second letter second number um from 30 to maybe 35 mm. and and you might get less pushback
0: 18 is because, the new wait, 35 wait,
4: wait, wait, wait. 30 so 35 is the new what, 21?
3: No, but like <laughs> most guys are not ready to get married until they're 34 based on like every study ever done.
1: Oh,
4: okay. But I got married when I was – I got married the day before I turned 23. huh. So um, – and, and was I ready? I, I thought I was. Don't
1: we <laughs> all. I, I still have
4: all my kids. I'm still married. So, uh, yeah, you, you can do it. Um, you know, here's the thing: when when you get married at 35, or when you say I'm ready to get married. First of all, when you say you're ready to get married, doesn't mean you're, you're going to have somebody who's ready to marry you, right? That right. means I have begun my quest to settle down. Okay, great. So that starts at 34, 35. Maybe you get married 37, 38. Then you're having your first kid at 40. You want to have another one at 45. You know, 42, 43. You are racing against the biological clock. I mean, they, what, what we're ultimately saying in heavy lifting is that it's OK to start earlier because your life doesn't end when you get married. Your life doesn't end when you have kids. You can still do all of the things that you want to do. It's just that you're going to be able to do them as a father, as a husband. That's going to be part of who you are, too. Uh, and it's a better life. I had, look, I had fun uh, before I was married. I had a lot of fun after I got married, too. I still have fun today.
3: Sure, sure. I'm you're a lot of fun. Right are you having fun like right now? now? I understand you're a great time at karaoke. Um, and uh, since Cam is with us and uh, and has been gracious enough to stick around, we are going to keep him into the next segment. And we're going to continue this conversation about heavy lifting um, with Jim Garrity and Cam Edwards. I am Mickey White, and you are listening to The Jim and Mickey Show. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Jim and Mickey Show. I am Mickey White, along with my co-host Jim Garrity and his co-author Cam Edwards. Uh, they are currently out with their book "Heavy Lifting," and uh, and and Jim, what a, what was that subtitle again?
2: Oh, <laughs> it is "Heavy Lifting: get, Grow Up, Get a Job, Raise a Family, and Other banley Advice." And but, uh,
3: as we were discussing in the last segment apparently it doesn't say anything about manning up
4: yes
3: (laughs) and 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 since when is manning up offensive i ask this only because in a tweet last we'll say earlier this week um to a girlfriend of mine i said i'm going to need to ball up and do something (laughs) so at what point did man up become offensive
2: I was struck by, uh, Cam, running into the critic who complained that the phrase man up uh, apparently literally kills men. Uh, it cause, drives them to suicide. So, you know, heavy lifting, the book that will kill you. Um <laughs> should be our, our new publishing, uh, our new slogan from Regnery. Maybe there's
0: um, a solution that's less drastic. You, you Bruce Jenner is leading the way
3: yeah. You need to get the book banned, then you'll
1: sell like a zillion
2: copies. Banned in Berkeley. There we go. Exactly. Find the most you know uh, snowflakeish uh, environment in America, and then say this was this was unacceptable. It, it's a trigger word. It's full of trigger words. It's, it's not a safe
4: you, space of a book. I do think maybe a, a good marketing uh, a stunt, Jim, would be to take some of these books onto a college campus somewhere and just start handing them out. Uh, <laughs> maybe, maybe at. Uh, yes. Maybe a Georgetown G Dub, so somewhere in the D.C. area, we could just start here. You look like a snowflake. You look like you could use this.
3: I love this. I love this idea, Cam. Go with that. I think
4: that's <laughs> fantastic. They'll be
0: hurling themselves out of dorm windows.
4: They'll be so hurling books. Talk at about guerrilla
3: marketing warfare. That is genius. Just give it to them and be like, "Here, it looks like you need this." And like inside, you have a pre-printed <laughs> sticker that said, "You've been selected <laughs>
4: to read this book
3: and and, and explain why."
4: Well we had you know, we there was a chapter that didn't make it into the book called You Are Not a Snowflake. Uh that was that was meant to be the pep talk of, you know, listen, champ, you're you're not a snowflake. This is why you have this book in front of you. Uh so maybe we just need the sticker that says, I am not a snowflake and that can be their badge of honor, right? I've read but they only get it after they've absorbed this they it. message. And then you get a sticker
2: because <laughs> you're perfect.
3: not This is perfect for this generation. They will love like the ghost- sticker at the end.
2: We're like Ghostbusters, like a little slash through it. No snowflakes. Snowflake. Exactly.
0: Busters. What about a tattoo since we're talking about manning up here?
4: I'll get a uh, snowflake with a, 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 the, the Ghostbusters snowflake tattoo if Jim does.
2: Yeah. I'm not a tattoo guy. I'll just carve it into, into my skin to leave a scar that looks like it. There we go. How's that sound? You got a brand? You a
4: like a brand?
3: Branded than tattooed?
2: Is that what you're saying? Yeah. You know, somebody said that uh, scars are tattoos with better stories. <laughs> now, of this, course, uh, pretty-
4: this conversation has gone from heavy lifting to Fifty Shades of Garrity. <laughs> <laughs>
2: uh, point being, actually, I'm I'm kind of struck by the fact. Again, like we we tried to make this a a positive, cheery, happy book, and, and I'm a little surprised. One of the ideas tossed around in the publicity process was of sending this to um, uh, folks like Amanda Marcotte of Slate, uh, trying to find the people who would be most likely to be offended by it. Um, and send it to them and just get them to denounce it and things like that. I, I'm a little surprised we haven't been accused of being anti-feminist and I kind of have this feeling like, you know, I, you, know uh, say, you know, for better or for worse and probably for better, neither Mrs. Garrity nor Mrs. Edwards really wants to be in this public eye. But if you think we are like, you know, <laughs> wives, submit to your husband's types – <laughs> Spend five minutes with either one of them, <laughs> and you'll know they're not shrinking violets. Who, uh you know?
0: Is there a sequel coming by the wives? Is that what you're saying?
1: <laughs>
2: we, we, uh, Cam, did you ever debate the idea of letting your wife write a like fact checking chapter at the end?
4: <laughs>
2: <laughs>
4: no, but I've, I've actually, you know, encouraged my wife to write her memoir because I just think she's mm. got an incredible story of her own. So. Uh, you know, maybe maybe there will be a wives' version, uh, and we'll get the the real heavy lifting. But you know, that's the thing. I think that uh, a lot of what we've seen, uh, a lot of what I've seen from the the the, 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 the criticism of the book, the, the people who don't like it, the people who are offended by Man Up, uh, is that they've got this view of marriage as uh, all right. Well, you know, you're the man, and you dominate things, and you tell your wife what to do, and then that's how things get done.
2: But your um, voice goes down three octaves <laughs> to do that.
3: <laughs> also you develop a very southern weird.
4: Accent. Yeah, you can right? grow <laughs> and, into
2: the base, you know. and,
4: and you you want sandwiches a lot, yes. right? I just make me a sandwich. <laughs> um, and that's not I, I don't I don't think that's what marriage is. I don't think marriage is being bossed around by your wife either. I think I, I think when when marriage I think, works, I think it's a partnership.
3: I think it's interesting that you've gotten more blowback from men who probably need to read the book and learn from it than from women because in, in their heart of hearts, no woman wants to be a single parent. No woman wants to be that. I mean, they may find themselves in situations where that is their only choice and it's their best choice, but if they had a, you know, living and supportive and providing partner, then who doesn't want that type of relationship? So I think that's why you didn't get as much. You know, I, I would suspect that you're probably, as people read it and, again, pass it around, it's one of those kind of books that it, it, it's going to, in my opinion, reach out to women because you know, they're the ones that are looking for men who act right. I'm like, also
0: really interested, Cam, in the fact that you just described a scenario of reality in which Pajama Boy... The ultimate, you know, forward-thinking, progressive kind of kid is the one who actually believes marriage is a guy with a deep voice and a funny Southern accent pulling his wife around by the hair. And we on the on the enlightened side, which which that kid would call unenlightened, are the ones who understand the giving part of marriage. It's it's exactly backwards from what that young man would would haughtily insist on himself believing.
4: Absolutely. I mean, and I don't know where, honestly, I don't know where that image uh, comes from. Uh, You know, growing up myself, my own parents got divorced when I was eight and uh, my mom never remarried. And, you know, I I, I wanted, I thought it was very important if I was going to be a a husband and a father that I was going to be around for the long haul. Um, I didn't really have like a, a image of, husband and father to, to mirror myself on so a lot of it was you know figuring out myself but I married a woman who was nine years older than I was uh who was a mom of two I was trying to figure out how to be a husband at the same time I was trying to figure out how to be a, a dad and I guess you know I was always willing and open uh to my wife offering advice right
3: and you all have been married 20, 18 years 18 years yeah wow congratulations Congratulations on that. That's impressive. In this day and age, I think that people obviously can learn from someone who's been married that long. Because um, because do you think I mean there's something to be said for the generation of, you know, the starter marriages or starter wives. There was even a, you know, there was even a book and a series on that on, you know, there being a, a kind of a throwaway marriage.
4: I I I boy, that's just a foreign concept to me. The idea of a, a throwaway marriage. What, what's the wedding budget for your starter marriage? Is it, is it, is you just have like. Smaller,
2: kind of like your starter house. No, 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 <laughs> no, right. no.
3: That's the big one. You spent, like, that's where you do all the whatever's, whatever. and then, Oh,
4: and that
2: then, seems like a really awful idea.
4: <laughs> well, uh, yes. I'm
3: not suggesting that's a good idea. I'm just saying <laughs> that it happened. And so, you know, for someone like yourself who got married young and is still married after, you know, Quite a few years, um, going on two decades. That's impressive. If if you had to give like one sentence of advice as to why that marriage worked for you and why it's working, what would you say?
4: Um, because I I, I took the gamble. You know, I think we I think we live in a society right now where a lot of the snowflakeism is its fear of failure. Uh, that that failure to launch it's it's fear based mm. in a lot of ways, and so it's easier to stay on the couch. And you know, if you don't have a real life, you can escape into video games. It's, I mean, the graphics are so good; it's almost like the real thing. Uh, and you can talk to people all over the world on social media or through your headset. You know, you can you can live vicariously. You can have the close approximation to a real life, even if you never get the real thing. And so, I think it's become exponentially easier to stay on the couch than it was when Jim and I uh, were in our uh, early to mid twenties. Um, But it doesn't come close. I mean, that's the thing you might think that it's an okay life. It's not anywhere close to what a real life is and the real experience of, uh, you know, holding your, your child for the first time and helping them learn to walk. Uh, And yes, those sleepless nights where they're crying for no reason and you can't figure it out. But, You know, those moments that are generated when you embrace adulthood and you say, All right, this is what I'm supposed to be. Uh, It's not something that I'm supposed to run from and avoid. That's when life really truly begins.
2: You know, as much as Cam and I periodically sound like we're telling people you're not a special snowflake, (laughs) it's not to say you can't be special. (laughs) We're telling you, go out and be special go out and do something special. Show the world what you can do, whether it's in the career world or in relationships or in any other aspect of your life. And so, uh, I feel lucky and blessed to have Cam as a co-author. I hope everyone enjoys the book. Mickey and I will be right back after this.
0: You, from Paytel Records, 22 explosive hits, 22 original stars, gallery. Oh,
1: it's so nice to be
0: the great Sammy Davis Jr. Who the Candyman can. Liver Snap's traits are made with real liver, and dogs love them. And now, The Jim and Mickey Show presents. <coughs> Animal Stories.
3: As you all know, I went home for the Thanksgiving holiday weekend and it was an actually extended week that I spent there with my family and it was fantastic. There were the usual battles over pumpkin versus squash because I was not there to initially defend myself. Squash won. There was no pumpkin pie for me of any kind. So that was the first start to it. Um, and, and I was greeted by my, my cousins and, and some we'll call alcoholic beverages, um, on Wednesday evening, the night before Thanksgiving. So that made Thanksgiving extra super special on top of the fact that I didn't get my pumpkin pie. But it was after we were sitting down and, you know, everyone's kind of lying around on the couches and feeling so full from the day that all they want to do is take a nap, but there's a football game on. And in this particular case, it was a blowout for Detroit, so people could not believe their eyes. <laughs> and so as we sat around, we began, you know, talking, and, and my cousin began regaling me stories of this creature. And at first, I thought it was like a snipe hunt situation.
2: Mm, I've been hearing about those, the, the yes. fictional characters that uh, the, you're seeing.
3: Yes, night hunts are very important, but that's what I thought we were dealing with. But instead, that is not the case. As it turns out, in my home state of Pennsylvania, in the area in which I grew up, which I've told you is the boonies. Um, you know, my, my, my original home is now a hunting camp. So, like, that's how Boonie were talking, um, out in the sticks. And so we start talking, and apparently, uh, well, obviously, one of the big, you know, we do a lot with natural resources there, whether they be coal or lumber or um, shale, uh, natural gas, oil, you name it. Mm-hmm. Um, they're doing it in, in the county in which I grew up. And so my cousin begins to tell me that apparently there was a poor problem with porcupines. Porcupines were in fact eating all of the lumber. <laughs> this, of course, made me think the of the. This, of course, made me think of the parachuting <laughs> beavers, beavers. <laughs> right <laughs> off top. Yes, you know. But then it goes from ha ha funny parachuting beavers to so they brought in these things called fishers, and. At first, again, it's my older cousin. He's, I mean, honestly, the pranks he played on me as a child, I I was like, you're making this up. This is not true. And then he's like, no, they brought in these fishers, and they are the only natural predator to a porcupine. And so they were brought in to, in fact, kill off some of the porcupine population. However... These fishers, clearly smarter than the gaming commission who decided to bring them in, realized that there were a lot easier things to kill than porcupines, like cats. Oh, no. And small goats. Oh. And, and I'm like, now you're making it sound like the chupacabra. <laughs> and, and I don't believe you. And he's like, no, you can pick it up on your little phone and you can Google it. And as I'm pulling it up to Google, he proceeds to tell me the reason that he, he'd only actually seen one. And when he saw it, he said he freaked out. And, and for him to freak out, that shocked me a bit. Um, but he said he looked down and at first it looked like a ferret looking up at him and then it snarled and growled. (laughs) And, and the whole time I'm looking this up, I'm like, he is totally making this up. I'm going to, I'm going to look this, Google this up and it's going to be like, got you or like you've been rickrolled or whatever. Sounds like a
0: Tasmanian devil.
3: And I open it up and there it is. The Fisher Fisher cat. Usually called the Fisher, spelled F I S H E R, for our listeners and for you all to Google and look it up. As my cousin
2: said, I'm looking at this now. This is a rather fra- this is a, a, a picture between like a, a weasel and a wolverine of some kind. Tasmanian and, devil. And I'm the telling
3: gnashing you. teeth as you go through those pictures and the gnashing teeth. Okay, so they have obviously they they've eaten cats in the area. They've eaten They've eaten a friend of mine, um, family members' baby goat. Um, they're basically ravaging because, of course, yes, while they are a natural predator to porcupines, they also will go with, you know, whatever's easier to kill. <laughs> so, porcupines being slightly more difficult than, you know, cats. Um, they've been doing a number on the pets and, the, you know, the, the, livestock in the area. And of course, this, this, of course, was a, as you probably well know, a government-based idea. Um, and like, you know, to, a I,
2: program worked out, went terribly wrong. I, I know.
3: Right. And, and of course, i <laughs> um, I immediately go to. Todd, this is why all those Squatch shows exist. Like, this kind of stuff has been going on since God knows when. And the government drops off things in places that it doesn't belong. And then that's why we end up with Squatch shows. Because like there's one that survives or whatever. And in this case, I'm telling you right now, if I run into one of those things, I would die of a heart attack right there on the
0: spot. <laughs> I so would the, shoot the, it the because sound I'm telling and you. The
3: thing that my cousin explained to me that it made. I was like, "Oh, forget it." He was like, "Yeah, he's you know, it's he's one of those guys cares a 45 on his hip." So really not concerned about it because you know he's like i'll just pull it out and shoot it next time like fantastic that sounds like a great idea i'm telling you guys to me
0: this is a tasmanian devil this is the northern hemisphere version of a tasmanian devil which is a real animal it
3: it led me to my next question though why didn't they just shoot the (laughs) porcupine
2: needles
0: (laughs) (laughs) maybe they'd shoot back
3: well, I'm just saying, like, you know, if the, the, the only natural predator... No, the only natural predator of a porcupine is a human. Oh. And the human, once it's gone, then the human should have gotten rid of it. They didn't need to bring in these freaky, creepy, scary-ass animals.
2: I, I'm picturing how this goes. Blam, got one. All right, let me get... out. <laughs> really hard to pick
0: up. <laughs> <laughs> they shoot back, I'm telling you.
2: So I have... Um, I have my own strange animal story uh, that I only recently solved the mystery of. Uh, but I, I think undoubtedly the fisher cat is uh, a more menacing creature than, than what I encountered. I mine was a little more mysterious. Cue your chupacabra comparisons. Okay? So Mickey, what is about cat or larger than a cat, you know, let's say mid-sized dog shaped, but has a large bushy tail and is completely black?
3: Are we talking about a dog, like a specific breed of dog?
2: Well, okay. So I'm descri- I- I'm driving. This is in Authenticity Woods. This is mm-hmm. Fairfax County. This is uh, just outside the Beltway. We live in a he- heavily wooded area.
3: Because it could be some kind of border
2: collie. It is a uh, it's a natural uh, national spider preserve. Um, they grow up yes. to about forty feet around here. Um, you're not allowed to kill them because they're uh, endangered species. So if you get captured by one, just stay in the cocoon until it loses interest. Um, but anyway, so I, I'm driving home one night at night, and I can see something in the road ahead of me, just faintly lit by my my uh, headlights. And it looks like if I, like, okay, I think it's a dog. No, it's not a dog because it had a really big, bushy tail. Almost picture like a squirrel's style tail Mm -hmm. and that kind of proportion to it, but it's Mm -hmm. the size of a dog. And the thing, it's very dark. And so it's, you know, I'm watching, I'm looking at something black on, you know, dark, black on dark black, basically.
3: Was it a Pomeranian?
0: You're starting to scare me, Jim.
3: I know. <laughs> I'm describing it to my sons. I'm oh, like, but a by poodle. all means, Jim, do go on. <laughs> it was not a poodle. All
2: right. All right. So, do you know if it, first of all, there is such a thing as black foxes? Yes. And I'm not yes. talking about yes. attractive yes. African-American women. I'm talking <laughs> yes. about you – know, and so they, they can actually be completely black. And now I'm looking – finally I looked up the pictures of it and, yes, I think I saw a black fox wow. uh, crossing the road. And it looks you – know, you're like, oh, OK. You're like, oh. We have lots of foxes in our neighborhood. Um, and we're used to seeing that. In fact, sometimes as we do this program, I see them trotting across my, my, uh, my lawn um but i've never seen if you look at the picture it looks like kind of a cross between a, a you know decent sized black dog except it has a uh, you know kind of big squir- scruffy squirrel like uh uh thing like that and so i i that's kind I, of I,
3: one of the reasons why i like pomeranians actually is cuz they look like foxes also why I like um and i can't pronounce them right but it's like she and Inus or something like that there's a fox like look about them that i really like in a dog and i don't and i also like dogs that look like wolves
0: I never heard of a black fox, but I just got an email. Halle Berry is suing you, Jim. <laughs> well, I
3: will, I will also let you know that everyone in my family was thrilled to know that I had not yet found a puppy and proceeded to tell me that I was probably not the puppy type.
1: Really?
3: And Yes. And, and they, they reminded me a great deal about the puppy responsibilities. And I thought to myself... Am I not a grown ass person?
2: Uh, the two observations I was about to say are one, um, you are a stepmom. Two, yeah. you have two cats, right? Four. But Four cats, better. all right. Mm-hmm. Like that would be a bigger objection itself than your ability to take care of it.
3: Well, but uh, the cats, again, you don't notice the cats around here. They're just like, we live here, it's their house, that's how they roll. <laughs>
0: They're tenants. <laughs> yes, exactly. You well, know they're
3: still mad because I was away for a couple of
0: days. Two things: My I've got one more cat them than and you, and visiting
3: them twice a day, and they're still pissed
2: off.
0: What's trending right now on Twitter? Hashtag Black Fox Lives uh.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I did not hit this animal. Okay, just wanted before. to make sure.
0: Just wanted to make sure. Did there you? Did you feel superior to it? Because that's a problem too.
2: Please <laughs> direct all angry emails to Dave Perkins. <laughs>
3: you know where to send the hate mail this week? That would be to Dave Perkins, not to so, me, not to me this time.
2: As we've been having this conversation, I have found a bunch of good pictures. I'm going to put up pictures of this horrific, you know, fang-bearing, frightening fisher cat. Which does right. look like, you know, you look at that and you're like, oh yeah, that that's rabid. That's feral.
3: Yeah, exactly. Like, I have no part of that. None. I, I don't want to have any part of that.
2: And uh, there, there is something ghostly about the black fox, particularly the, you know, the reflection of the lights in the eyes. And stuff. I'm this sorry, snow. you
3: know, I, that had to like kind of be a little, you know, we'll call it otherworldly. It was like, what is that?
2: Oh, OK, it's a dog. Or, oh, OK, it's a fox. Pictures you know, you use, of the you know.
0: Tasmanian devil. Please put those on the website, too. You'll find it's very similar to the Fisher cat.
2: What oh. have you seen, in other words? Yeah.
3: Yes. And if you have seen something like this, um, please do feel free to share with us on the Facebook page. That's Facebook.com forward slash Jim and Mickey show. I'm Mickey White. He is Jim Garrity, along with our producer, Dave Perkins. And we'll be right back in just a minute.
1: When it comes to the music of the 90s, anything goes. Right here, right now. the world wake up from history. You got living in the 90s. Two and a half hours of the coolest songs on two CDs and two
3: cassettes.
1: Check it out! You'll be amazed at who you'll find on Living in the 90s. Hello. It's me.
2: Welcome back to the Jim and Mickey Show. I am Jim Garrity, joined by Mickey White and Mickey. I want to tell you about this really little-known artist who has come out with a new album, and um, I just wish she could get a little more attention if they would just play the song on the radio. Uh, the artist's name is Adele, <laughs> and she has this song called Hello, and I just I can't find it anywhere. I just, you know...
1: <laughs> it's
2: not
0: very well-known. Is that the problem?
3: Oh, my dear God, I think that that song... Is on play at all times, probably like three or four times over at all times, 24-7, everywhere you go. Like you cannot go anywhere without running into either the original itself or it's already been parodied so many times that it's crazy. <laughs> uh,
2: there's um, The top 40 stations are, are basically playing the song in endless rotation and only stopping
0: it for commercial breaks featuring Adele's Hello. <laughs>
2: Right. Over over
0: again. This is where it comes in very handy to be a cranky old old 55-year-old get-off-my-lawn guy. I don't listen to music radio anymore, so I really haven't heard the song. Do you have it? Can I hear it? I don't know what it sounds like.
2: Dave Perkins is the last <laughs> man on Earth who has not heard Adele's "Hello." I am he the last man. heard it.
3: He just doesn't even know he's heard it. <laughs> that
2: could be. Of so even many if you're places. Hearing it in your dreams. <laughs>
3: there is no way that you've avoided "Hello." Oh, and all the right. thing about it is, is I like Adele. I do. I really am a fan of her and her voice and her sound. But I'll be damned. This is not her best song. Um, it might be her best video. Which may have been part of the reason. I think part of it was people were hungry to hear from her again. But quite frankly, I think there are a couple of other artists out there right now. Uh, Elle King being one of them. She's got a song called X's and O's that I adore. Um, Taylor Swift has a song, Will You Remember Me? Um, and, and it's fantastic. And so I, I think that Adele is getting a lot more play right now just out of nostalgia.
2: Okay, so a little bit of perspective. So the video was released October 22nd. Uh, It was viewed more than 27 million times in its first 24 hours. Uh, Bad Blood, which we discussed earlier in the program, had 20 million in its first one. Yeah. Um, It is uh, sold a million copies in a week. Uh, She will be having a concert special on December 14th. Uh, She will be appearing on Saturday Night Live on November 21st. Uh, let's see. It has. I saw her
3: on Saturday Night Live already.
2: Hello debuted at number one in many countries around the world, including Australia, France, Canada, New Zealand, Ireland, and Germany. Uh, number one in the US had one million downloads in a week, setting the record at one point one million.
0: Oh yeah! I uh, did entirely. Love it. Yes, and and Dave missed it all. <laughs> I'm still stuck yeah, Dave, on Skyfall. Skyfall was the best James Bond theme ever, and I think it's the best song Adele will ever sing. I kind of clicked off and lost interest, because I don't think she can top that, and she has it ha!
3: well, um apparently, uh, you know and and they've done something really interesting because of the way obviously everything is released now. You know, there's several other singles that are, you know, getting a lot of play online as well. And and that's cool and that's great. And like I said, I love Adele. I think she's great. Um, I did have some friends complaining about her trying to give life advice from quote the other side <laughs> Um but they, uh, or I guess it would be more other side or whatever, um, or outside. And everybody can argue about it. But I already looked it up, and actually, she uses both outside and other side. She just sings and, syllables
0: uh, differently. That's all, differently yes. from normal people.
3: Yes, and um, but she actually says both. Where that she's twenty five years old. That's what the. It's very similar to like Taylor Swift giving you advice. It makes you a little <laughs> irritated, and so. You know, you're kind of like, that's cool. Like, you had your first breakup, yay, and you moved on. <laughs>
0: um, Taylor Swift doesn't move like, on. like, <laughs>
3: if you think this is all there is to it, like, yes, in your case, Adele, that's probably true because you're, you know, a millionaire. But for a normal 25-year-old, like, guess what? Like, life is so far from, you know, <laughs> as we discussed earlier, far from being over. You're really just getting started and kicked
2: off. I, I was going to say I'm waiting for the day Adele seems sings yet another breakup song. It'll be something like "Without You, I've got nothing except the two hundred million dollars I had on the last album." <laughs>
3: right. Well, and and I do it's think, think that that homes. is. I mean, in in, in in fair music critique, I do believe that this album is a very perspective. Adele, she's looking back on changes she's made. And I think it's much more about her becoming a mother and the life changes that she's made than the, the romantic kind of style that people expected. And I mean, when you look at a, a situation um, like Alanis Morissette, she, you know, Jagged Little Pill was so good, right? Mm-hmm. And then she tried to come back and do something else. And we we're like, no, but we want you to be all angsty. And she's like, but but I'm not really in that place anymore. And they're like, too bad. Get back in that place. We want you to be angsty.
2: See, I really wanted Alanis Morissette to go back to her classic old work on um – you can't do that on television. <laughs> on Nickelodeon. <laughs> See that to me is really classic. And then
3: she goes, slime field." That's right.
2: The green slime. Uh, let me tell you. I, I, here's the thing. I don't want to be complaining that Adele is overhyped and, and kind of overexposed right now, Mickey. But I really kind of feel like it's squeezing out some of the conversation about Star Wars. Oh, sweet Jesus! <laughs> and I if mean, only we could hear something about the Star Wars. If movie. only.
3: If only. <laughs> and again, uh, we, we mentioned this briefly last week. You know, there's a Star Wars makeup line. We've gone too far, people. And I, you know, I spent some time with some real Star Wars fans. And while there are some that are still sucking it up like heroin, like no, really, just give me one more second, give me one more second of footage, and, and it'll be awesome. And <laughs> you know, and again, it's the countdown to Christmas, the countdown to Star Wars. It's it's absolutely out of control. And the one person who, to me anyway, mm-hmm. um, doesn't really. Ever get overexposed because he hides around so much is Harrison Ford. Are you and enjoying
2: him on, the, on the publicity tours, Mickey? What's that? Are you enjoying all of his interviews on the publicity tour for Star Wars?
3: I am. I am. You know that you know. I I do a lot of research. We'll call it. And um and and I am enjoying him on the publicity tours. I'm enjoying his always enthusiastic. <laughs> answers to the questions he may be the most laid-back man in hollywood i put out that he was maybe the last real man in hollywood but others suggested clint eastwood i I wonder what harrison ford would say about that
2: well mickey it's really flattering for you to say that i'm beside myself (laughs) with excitement Um, my pulse hasn't raced like this since the plane crash
0: I've been enjoying the uh, the uh, Harrison Ford and uh, Chewbacca battle over the ancient affair. I've been having great fun with those PR pieces. Harrison Ford is cranky enough to star in up. <laughs> I mean those things. I believe Harrison Ford. Days, yeah, so. I believe uh-huh. Harrison Ford. I think he's really bad.
1: <laughs> yeah,
2: right. no time for finger pointing. That's Harrison Ford's job. (laughs) That's right. You find that man. (laughs) That was my wife. (laughs) In fact, we will put up on our our show's Facebook page a link to the brilliant YouTube classic Wife Force One, uh, a sort of uh, a booyah base of Harrison Ford scenes showing that every single movie his wife and family are threatened. And he always (laughs) gets at least one saying, what have you done with my wife? Where is my wife?
3: Well, I was just recently introduced to this guy, so I, and I have to tell you, it is one of the funniest things and montages I have ever seen put together. Um, Harrison Ford is is truly one of the great actors of our time, in my opinion. I don't know if he's like great because I just think that he can always play the right role or whatever, but he's fantastic. And um, and, and and again, this piece, Jim's gonna put it up. He showed it to me. I died. I absolutely died laughing and. And again, Jim, I wanted to throw it back to to Harrison, if he's still in the studio, and, and see what he felt like about all of this hype.
2: I'm, uh, I'm just beside myself. I, I can't deal with it. It's really wonderful to be together with everyone again, and the enthusiasm of the fans is overwhelming, and my pulse has quickened. <laughs> as you can tell. I'm sorry I lost control like that. I, I don't know what came over me. <laughs> I he's, really, always like, he's always like looking off camera like he'd rather be absolutely anywhere. anywhere than where he is doing the interview on The Tonight Show or Jimmy Kimmel or something like that. And I suppose like you, you, here's the thing. Well, he he's like the have, most successful like, actor he, in Hollywood like ever. He's had more iconic roles.
3: Oh, yeah, but he's he also lives kind of on a ranch of like 3,000 acres of nothingness though. Yes. Like he, he he actually does seem very annoyed by the fame aspect of being famous. I mean, I can understand it, I guess, if you're that cool and whatever and that rich. And he just kind of, you know, walks around being himself in a lot of roles, I feel like.
0: He even crashes his own planes instead of flying in planes. Other people are crashing.
3: Right. Like, you know, and I mean, he saved people. He's actually saved people, you know, in helicopters and things like that. He's amazing. We,
0: we knew
2: we knew Indiana Jones was really documentary because Indiana Jones says he knows how to fly a plane but not land.
3: <laughs> <laughs> oh, you <laughs> should be on a no-fly list. Aim out Jim Garrity
1: on that one.
2: <laughs> uh, we'll be right my back. My wife's been held yeah. for
1: ransom.
2: Where's my family? My wife. My family. All right. Who's got my wife? My family. My wife. My
3: family. My wife. Are you suggesting that I killed my wife?
2: You killed her you're the guy
1: hello hello it's me hello
4: i must be going we have clearance clarence roger roger what's our vector victor
1: player player
2: balls of fury yeah! a dasher,
1: and dancer and prancer
2: and Welcome back to the Jim and Mickey Show. I am Jim Garrity, joined by Mickey White. And it's that time of year where you start putting up the tree and start putting up the Christmas lights. And back to my house, we've already started that. You don't, know, Mickey, you know in the box it says uh, if one light goes out, the other ones will stay on? Mm-hmm. They lie. <laughs> They're what we like to call <laughs> liar. You lie. Yeah. So it turns out you have the same tree for like eight years. Uh, at some point, sitting in the hot attic, the lights thing stopped working. So we had to, you know, and we have one of those trees where, like, the lights are actually came with the tree, right? And it's attached with eight
3: oh, you're a so tiny tree little person. clips.
2: Yes. Um, and we have found out the hard way that it's really difficult to take off all the lights that don't work uh, and then try to put up new ones. So we, we've had our, our first uh, aggravating moment. Each year, I relate more and more to Clark Griswold. Um, I just want to take that giant... Wad of, of lights that are not attached to the tree. They usually go on the house that are now in on like one giant, like, yarn ball <laughs> of lights and say, Russ, untangle this. Are you and, saying that
3: uh, you aren't using your artistic creativity to put light up, lights up on the house?
2: Oh, that'll be next weekend's project. But
3: uh, Uh, the hard part for me was obviously we were away, as were you, you know, for the holiday. You come back and the rest of the neighborhood is already lit up.
0: I know those bastards. And
3: and we're already behind the eight ball. Like (laughs) We don't do that much anyway, but we're already behind the eight ball on this. And so, you know, the panic starts to set in like, oh, my God. And we, unlike you, like I, I ever since I've been an adult, we have had a real Christmas tree. Um, in fact, normally we have two, uh, a very small one and a, a larger one. And um, so when I get back and I see Christmas lights up and everywhere, I'm literally starting to feel my heart race, feel the panic attack setting. in. like and I, I look at Mr. and I'm like, we're already behind. Everyone else is done. He's like, I know. I know. Oh, my God. Dad. I'm like, this is horrible. Like, we look like the Grinchiest
2: people in the whole neighborhood. Yeah. Keep in mind. Simply some of because
3: your neighbors, we were out of town visiting
2: family. Some of your neighbors, Mickey, probably just left them on from last year, never took them down. I, <laughs> so it's you know, I think for-
3: that's genius, except for I'm certain that our HOA went would never allow that.
2: Um, we want to invite our listeners to uh, share their best. Are we looking for like the most elaborate uh, Christmas light display or holiday light display? I we say, we I just
3: think? want to see a picture that you've taken yourself of one right. that you've seen. Um, take a picture of uh, your light display or one that you happen to see along the road and post that to our Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash Jim and Mickey show or send it to us at Twitter at Jim and Mickey. Uh, and you will be entered to win. Ta-da! A copy of...
2: Heavy Lifting. And I will inscribe it. Uh, It makes a terrific gift. Um, This does not excuse many of you from buying a purchase, uh, purchasing a copy. (laughs) But I will happily, you know, let us know. We will pick the best picture uh, and I will happily send it off and do my best to get it to you uh, before the holidays. So uh, start putting those pictures up on our Facebook page or tweeting them at us and uh, we will spotlight some of your excellent work Great cheer for the holiday season.
3: Absolutely. One of my favorite things to watch, actually, this time of year is usually on, I think it's on the Travel Channel, but they always have, you know, the craziest Christmas lights. Mm. And we were fortunate enough last year, and I will post some pictures of actually having the winner for the country in our neighborhood. Wow. Um And I took, I went, I took a bunch of pictures. And as it turns out, this year they're not doing it. I have heard many rumors why, but I do not know for sure. Um, but they are not doing the light display this year. And um, it was so incredible, though. I'm so fortunate that I got to see it last year and got tons of pictures. I will get some of those up on um, our Facebook page as well and tweet some of those out so that people can see them. Because, as I said, they're really, really cool and just amazing. The amount of work that some of these people go into, to, that enter these competitions and contests.
2: I was going to say it's one of those things where if you had the time, if you had the uh, uh, everything, you, 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 pardon me, would love to be Clark Griswold and have the the blinding lights and go all out, but. Uh, it's a community decision, and uh, you know, also the sheer matter of you know, how much do I want to be up on that ladder and stuff like that. So, uh, we will be doing more decorating in the, in the weeks to come.
3: Well, well, as you know, Richmond, Virginia is famous for their tacky light tour, <laughs> and if you did not know that, know that now. Um, we are featured almost every single year on one of those craziest of uh, Halloween, Halloween, oh, sorry, Halloween, yeah, Christmas lights. And uh, and it's something that you know we're very very proud of our tacky light tours. You can run a limo, you can get on a bus, um, pretty much take a tour of the city. They have a radio station set up, so there's Christmas music going all the time. So we take you know our Christmas lights very seriously, and the Griswolds are are definitely almost um, heroes here, if you would. <laughs> They're certainly mentors and people that are looked up to.
2: They're heroes everywhere, uh, and at some point we'll have to tackle the. Uh disappointing uh, effort to to revive the series. But that'll be for another program. We're coming up towards the end. Anyone else we should be thanking this week, Mickey?
3: Well, you know, I always want to thank our listeners. Um, I certainly want to thank our listeners in Sarasota, Florida this week. Uh, you guys were our number one market, just edging out both D.C. and New York, which was fantastic. Um, thank you so much. And thanks to everyone who has been sharing the show. You can uh, always find us, as you said, or as I've said many times, on facebook.com forward slash Jim and Mickey show. You can also find us here at soundcloud.com forward slash Jim and Mickey show. You can find us on iTunes. You can find us on Roku. You can find us on Spreaker. Uh, do feel free to search for us on Twitter and hashtag T jams. That's T J A M S. I'm at bias girl and he's at Jim Garrity and Dave Perkins. Our producer is at big Dave Pete. That's where you're going to be sending all the hate mail this week, I guess. (laughs) And, um, once again we have found ourselves at the end of an hour and I really want to thank Cam Edwards for coming on with us this week. Um always good to have him on the show. He's had both of us on NRA News a few times and uh you on the regular obviously and and he invited me up um to to co-guest host while he was out of town and on vacation and uh that was fantastic as well, a great opportunity. So thanks for Cam for coming on and uh Thanks again to our listeners who continue to come back week after week and uh, give us ideas and inspiration. And look forward to seeing the pictures of the craziest, wackiest lights that you've got. You've got two weeks to send them out and get them to us. And uh, we will announce our winner. And uh, on the, do you want to do it on the next show or should we do it on the show after?
2: Let's give people two weeks, I think. You think two weeks?
3: Reason. All right, we'll yeah. give you two weeks so you have time to get your lights up. How's that? And uh, as long as you have taken the picture and you have the rights to it, you are eligible to participate. So look forward to seeing those. And, um, and, I, and again, I just want to thank everyone who has stuck with us through uh, the year and going into the holiday season. I realized that we did not thank the troops last week when we were doing the things that we were thankful for. And then I felt like super guilty, so then it was one of like things I was guilty about all weekend. And it was that we did not thank the troops for all that they have done, both past and present, um, our veterans, and those who have done so much for um, so many. And currently, um, it, it was just one of those things that stuck with me over the weekend. We talk about things that we're appreciative and what we're not appreciative of. And, um, and I'm really thankful that I've had the opportunity to live in a country where I can do whatever I want, including a podcast every week with Jim Garrity and Big Dave Perkins. And uh, you get to find us here at The Jim and Mickey Show. We'll be back next week. Thanks for listening.
0: Hashtag Black Fox Lives Matter. <laughs>